0: It's
1: Cofield and Company
0: No one, and I mean no one, is going to outwork this guy The man has unstoppable energy Steve Cofield We like Steve, (laughs) but we don't love Steve It's Cofield
1: and Company with Steve Cofield On ESPN Las Vegas And we know
2: it, because we feel it in our bones
0: Yeah!
3: All right, here we go. Friday, 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 Friday. John Tobel is in as the company. Ari is back in our Finley Toyota Studios. Uh, big day. I like to do, modeled after one of our bosses, No Conflict Friday, which I've actually morphed into No Vaccine Friday. I swear, John, after talking about it all week, and it's a big story, you got to talk about it, mm-hmm. Right? with the upcoming college football and NFL seasons being affected potentially by who's vaccinated, who's not vaccinated. No vaccine Fridays, but son of a bitch. This keeps coming. It just, I mean, today the biggest story of the day is a coach either being fired, walking away, or put on admin leave. We don't know. Uh, That's coming up in less than 10 minutes.
1: It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA.
3: And I saw you put up two. I don't even want to know. Organic reaction, please. (laughs) Just hold off for a couple of minutes. All right. We come out of the gates with Trending at 3. Now, again, normally this would be a real hot-button topic. It's not our market. Have the Cleveland Indians finally decided on a name? Have they gone the opposite route of the Washington football team, which seems to be... And there's situation where they cannot right. solve the conundrum. Football team, football team, football
2: team. The Indians have a new name. Known as the Indians since 1915, Cleveland's Major League Baseball team will next be called the Guardians starting in 2021. Do we have any clue on a logo? We do. Oh, no. So... I I guess there's a tie. There's two. I did not know this, but there's like two Lord of the Ring-esque statues that like are on one of the bridges in Cleveland. Oh, really? Yeah. Like there's just these massive bridge, like these massive stone guys. They're called the Guardians. Um, This is the Hope Bridge, if I remember correctly. So regardless, that's what this this comes from, and the logo is two G's on either side of a baseball with wings. I have to say. Usually we get – there's a lot of layers to this, right? There's a lot of layers to this. The most simple layer is, I got to say, this sucks. <laughs> the logo, like, You're not willing to give it a chance to see what they the, come up with with logos. No. More explanation
3: as to why they came up
2: with a name. Well, no, we've seen the logo. The logo sucks. You could pull it up in two seconds. The logo's awful. There was one Twitter thread the first, out there. It's the first logo. You don't know. Maybe they're going to – maybe they're
3: sending it out there and they're like, eh, we're, you know we'll get a feeling for this.
2: Here's the thing, though so there was actually a really good thread clinton yates retweeted it it was it was like a, a guy who claims to be pretty good at you know, like computer graphic imaging all these things and he points out like all of the flaws with the logo because when you look at it, it's just kind of jarring to the eye like the g's are askew and and if you actually flip it to save money it looks like the cleveland indians actually just took the outline of chief wahoo and changed it to a two g's on the side of a baseball with wings I don't love the font. I get the tie to Cleveland. But I got to say, like, what was wrong with the Spiders? Right? That was the old school tie to the franchise. Like, why not the Spiders? Don't love it. I'll give it a 3 out of 10.
3: A 3 out of 10? Give it a 3 out of 10. Wow. You really don't love it.
2: Yeah. Now, getting all the white people, man, we're 7 out of 10. Okay. You like that? Yeah. We're 7 out of 10.
3: Politically correct. Nonsense. Yeah, the first logo I'm seeing is not – that's not strong. So I hope they improve right? on that. Oh, and the font. Like, I don't really like the font of Guardians either. It, uh, the font I'm seeing to kind of just looks like Indians. Right. the like, exact font.
2: Right. Like, I don't they really. Just put,
3: w- they just put Gar and took out I-N. Right. So, like, I don't really love, like, a whole bunch about it. Right. But- it's, a, it's the Indians logo with the, the, the S and the long line underneath. Right. Kind of on an, an angle. And it's, that's not real, is it? No, that's it. Like, that's the official, yeah. Tom Hanks even narrated the video. Shouldn't this be – shouldn't it actually be based on, like, some sort of, you know, mythical or human-like figure? Shouldn't there be a person? What That should be the logo? Like, How, some what? kind of strong, powerful person, like,
2: what? rippling muscles with a bat or something? Have you seen the the Guardians, like, the statue? I have. I'm looking at it right now. So, like, maybe the mascot is now one of those guys? Who knows? I mean, it could work. But can I say, this This might be shocking, right? This might be
3: two against the grain. Man, this sucks. I'm Now I'm looking at – Real quick, I'm looking at uh four different versions cuz they've got a C logo and then a Cleveland logo. Right. And then the baseball with the G's and the wings and then the Guardians. Man, that's not a strong come out. No, it's really not at all. Cleveland Guardians, new name uh, new name for the Indians. Yep.
2: Um can I also say why not just be Cleveland? Right? They've branded themselves as Cleveland, the Big C logo, all of those things. They've started to steer themselves away from the Indians quite a while ago, Stop using the Chief Wahoo logo, all the – why not just be Cleveland? Well, there are a bunch of names that got nixed because they couldn't get the rights to them. That's the other problem. Well,
3: I didn't see. It's true. Like, the rock and roll theme would be cool if you're supposed to be, you know
2: – Cleveland, rock. Right. Right
3: the what Rock and if, Roll Hall of Fame. would you embrace something? There's what if, so many cool, like, rock, not the cash, the soccer rocker. but, but what Actually, if, I like that one here in town.
2: What if they were the Rocks? Like, what if they were the Cleveland Rocks? I
3: don't know. This is not a winner. <laughs> that would have been pretty good. I don't hate it, and I want to hear more of a definition or an explanation of why they went to the Cleveland Guardians. But, all right, well, Dodgers are iconic with their logo. It's
2: offensive to Dodgers or people that dodge.
3: <laughs> we know the basis of that, right? With the Dodgers? Yeah. I used to know. I forgot. It was Brooklyn and dodging streetcars and yeah. trains. and so That's a good name, and it's totally original. Mm-hmm. Man, they are in the soup right now. <laughs> now, how, how bad is it with a bullpen? I just saw uh, one of the guys on ESPN LA, and I, I kind of agree with him, Steve Mason, who's like, all right, let's, let's pump the brakes. But I could understand the level of being pissed off if you're a Dodgers fan because you saw this happen last year. Uh, You're seeing in a massive series where they could have taken three or four. They just blew the last two games. And maybe that doesn't happen. Now, Kenley Jansen got himself in trouble and almost got out of it, except for this, where clearly the the umpires blew it. Another 3-2 from Jansen, and
2: did he go? No! Game tied. It's ball four. Unbelievable. Dave Roberts is going to get kicked out of this game for a second night in a row. Giants have tied the game three to three. Did he go? Oh, he did. I
3: think he did. He absolutely did. What a huge break. There you go. You can hear the honesty there on the Dodger Giants network. Even the Giants announcers, I think it was Fleming and Mike Kruko, and he's like, Whoa. Yeah. Darren Ruff. Darren Roof. He went through. That was a strikeout. Yeah. That was no the end of the could, game. It's, it's a three two victory.
2: Right. There's no way you could look at that. They blew it. And <laughs> there's no way you could look at that swing no. and say that he didn't go. If come like you're blatantly lying, if that's the case. Well, and I would agree with you, right? Because if you look at some of the numbers, top 10 in terms of reliever ERA, top 10 expected fielding independent, I think they're seventh. And, like, not even a month ago, we were talking about Kenley Jansen, like, revitalizing his Hey, look at this, Kenley Jansen, he's back. What happened to all the problems that Kenley Jansen had? So it's a rough stretch. It's baseball. It's ebbs and flows of the season. I think they're going to be relatively fine. Could they add a bullpen piece? I mean, sure. But when you're top 10 with your relievers in both ERA and XFIP, like, What's the massive problem? Two poor showings, one of which should not have been.
3: Uh, Jansen kind of faded last year. He had troubles in the second half. I would go right. out and get some more guys. Corey Knebel's coming back in the next couple of weeks. I think he can be a backup closer. I would get another closer. So I and money's no object for him. I would be in the running. Uh, either I get Craig Kimbrel or I make sure someone else is charged a lot by the Cubs to get Craig Kimbrell. If I don't, if I don't get him, someone else is paying. But I would look at a couple of guys. Yeah. No, I like, I don't think you can you can never have enough relievers and, and Jansen has had a history the last couple of years of, of fading a bit. But fact is his ERA was below two before the series. He was twenty one of twenty one on the season and now he's twenty one of twenty three on save chances. So he blew back to back and you know, it happens and I know he had a third game uh, where he wasn't great, but it happens. Just uh, it's it's the worst
2: moment, so everyone's slipping out. Right, of course, especially against a division rival. Right, a division rival that's turned out to be pretty freaking good and just won't go away, which makes it pretty important. But I would like my thing is just if you think the sky is falling for the Dodgers, you can pump the brakes a little bit. You can look back, and if you want to criticize like Roberts for trusting Jensen too much or using him a little bit too much, especially if he has the history of taxing out in the second half, those are all valid criticisms. Just do what you do as a team. Go evaluate the bullpen market and go add. Like you said, in today's game, you can never have enough relievers. You'll be fine. They're going to have to make some trades for depth. If they don't get, you know, big-time hammers like
3: Craig Kimball or a top starting pitcher, they – in either case, they've got to add some depth. They need more starting pitching and they need more bullpen help. Yes. But it's not the end of the world. Not at all. Uh, giveaway time. Three, six, four, 1100. Caller 11. It's our porta subs Lunch for two. You get 2 porta subs all-American combos. Turkey, ham, bacon, provolone on pepperoni, pepper jack bread, all grilled to perfection with your choice of chips. And drink two of the Porta Subs All-American Combos, 364-1100, 364-1100. Also trending at three. All right, we're closer. We're closer. Yesterday I said, hey, pump the brakes. Oklahoma and Texas are going to explore. They're going to look around. I don't know if they're tied together. It looks like they're tied together because the more information that's coming, uh, it looks like Monday they're going to officially say, hey, we're out in 2025. And then things come unraveled, and it does look like the SEC is going to be the destination. Which there are so many questions to be answered here because there's been the talk that Oklahoma State is always tied to Oklahoma in this conference realignment thing. I don't think that's the case. Uh, What happens to the SEC schools that don't want Texas and Oklahoma, like Texas A&M, like Missouri, like probably Vanderbilt? We're going to talk to a guy who covers South Carolina. If you're one of those other schools are you just like, hey, money's money. Let's make the league more competitive. Or you're like, oh my God, we can hardly compete now. And the other big one, too, is uh, what was the note I saw today? Uh, Texas will absolutely play Oklahoma every year in the SEC if this all goes down. And they absolutely will play Texas A&M every year, which you would assume means they're all in the same division. Mm-hmm. So back to, you know, big 12 days where you got Texas A&M, Oklahoma, and Texas, all in the same division. If we start to try to wrap our head around this, there's all the there's all the Big Twelve stuff. We'll get to that in a little bit, but just concentrating on the SEC, they one million percent need to have some sort of realignment because all of this can't be in the West as it currently exists with what Alabama and Auburn mm-hmm. in there with Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas A and M. These sucks. The East has two elite programs, and the rest have been kind of scuffling. To make their way back. Well, there's three teams. I'm sorry. Now, Florida, Georgia. Who, who would be the third team? You've got what? Kentucky, Vandy, South Carolina. Ole Miss. No, Ole Miss in the West.
2: Oh, I thought you were talking about really. Ole Miss missing yeah. another
3: power that's down right now in the SEC East. Either way, yeah. the SEC East has paled in comparison to the SEC West. So they're going to have to do some serious reorganization here when they're a 16-team conference. But those are going to be you know pretty loaded
2: eight-team divisions. One of, the, uh, one of the ideas has been pods. Almost oh, like really? almost like divisions in the National Football League. Would they do like four fours? Yeah, 4-14 four pods. Well, how would that work if Texas,
3: Oklahoma, and Texas A and M are in one pod? Mm-hmm. It's kind of <laughs> kind of overloaded. No, put Arkansas in there and be. Yeah, let's go Southwest Conference days. Good luck, Arkansas. Tennessee
2: was at the uh, Tennessee was were the other one, for? so
3: former power that is still scuffling and blew it when they hired Jeremy Pruitt, and we'll see if they hired the right guy in Josh Heupel. It's, i I, uh, I i obviously there's some downside to this and there's gonna be the shakeout are we gonna have four 16 team conferences or five five actually gives you know all these programs that are a group of five that' are throwing money you know hand over fist at football it gives them a chance to be in the elite four 16 team conferences is a disaster for a group of five schools disaster
2: there's not going to be enough chairs right well and that's also that's why I'm fascinated from the big 12 standpoint of things like who are you I just wonder who they're adding. To maintain their Power Five stature, right? Like who would who would, you would have to like? I don't think any of these group of five teams outside of a Boise State, maybe a couple of the American Conference teams. I actually think Boise have. State would be
3: seventh or eighth on the list if you're right. if you're doing it by market size. If that's what your concern is, is TV sets. So mm-hmm. Boise better be looking around, going, "Man, I hope there better be five conferences of sixteen teams, so we can get into whatever the Big Twelve looks like if it still exists, or the Pac twelve, mm-hmm. because otherwise they could be on the outside looking in." Because they're not Kansas. Like, Kansas is, you know, Kansas football sucks. But Kansas basketball is a top-ten program. There's going to be enough interest in basketball money that some of the good basketball programs that aren't great at football will be in the mix. They've already been in the mix, right? It's going to be hard to push them out. Boise, a lot of questions, a lot of questions. All right, on the way back, let's get to what's going on in that Vax front. Really good news earlier this morning about the league as uh, numbers are – Uh, trucking along towards, you know, a bunch of teams being at 85% or higher. But then we get this news that a coach on the Vikings is walking away or got fired or got pushed out the door simply because he doesn't want to take the vaccine. Uh Uh-oh.
1: Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer, 877-700-NOVA
2: back to Cofield and Company. Wade into right field, and it's a base hit! Vossler in, here comes Estrada, he'll score 5-3, to three, Giants. Unbelievable. McKinney can't get there in time, he makes it a good play just to keep it from going by him. And for the second night in a row, Jansen gets booed off the field. Yeah, they're, they're furious with the umpire, they're furious with their closer.
3: No conflict Friday can never really be a no conflict Friday not for Dodger fans not after that Kenley Jansen back to back in a belly to belly blows the games Dodgers have a chance to take three or four instead they lose three or four on a night when they got another great pitching performance. Not good right now. Not good. There's going to be some moves made. The Dodgers are not a stand pat organization. Von Tobel, Cofield. Big news of the day. I swear, I had no plans today of doing vaccination stuff. <laughs> Let's take a day off. But they're gigantic stories because we've had all week long. There's been college updates. You know, you had a guy, Nick Rolovich, the Washington State coach, say, uh, "Yeah, I'm not not going to be a Pac-12 media day. I'm not getting the vaccine. I have my reasons. Don't ask me." And now, we find out this morning, Rick Dennison, the O-line coach, running game coordinator, on that Viking staff, he's gone. Now, what have you seen in terms of details? Because these are always tricky. There were some people saying fired. There were others saying he left the organization. I just heard John Clayton. Say admin leave
2: that he could come back. What'd you see? I've just seen all of these vague, same thing, right? Courtney Cronin reporting no longer an assistant coach, right? After refusing to. And then they had, they
3: had, they bumped someone up and then they already had someone ready to go in another spot. Yep. So that this is not a last minute thing. This has been developing. I'm sure they, I'm sure they've had conversations where he said, Hey, I'm not getting it. I don't want to get it. Whatever his reasons are. Maybe he'll give his reasons. Maybe he won't. But you want to talk about triggered. Oh, boy. You know what a hot-button issue this is. Yep. And anything that makes it look like someone is being forced,
2: look out. People get
3: pissed.
2: By the way, Dennison not the only coach. Go offensive line coach Cole Popovich with the Patriots. He will not be with the team in 2021 in a decision related to the COVID-19 vaccine and NFL guidelines. From Adam okay. Schefter. And Mike. Do we know uh, specifics on it? Uh, I just saw the Schefter report. Just again, no longer with the team. And this is Adam Schefter, right? Yes, yeah, because he retweets Matt, Mike Reese, Rice. Okay, Mike Reese, yeah. Mike Reese. Yeah, so Patriots
3: co-line coach Cole Popovich, mm-hmm. i go with. Uh, won't be with the team in 2021 in a decision related to the COVID-19 vaccine and NFL guidelines per league sources. Carmen Brasillo. The other co will take on the leading role in this one. So we'll if, we'll wait on details. I don't want to overreact. Actually, I don't really have – I think firing them is a whole different story. Mm-hmm. But agreeing to part ways, I think this is going to happen in certain spots. Now, Nick Rolovich is not going to agree to part ways at Washington State. So that's going to be one worth following. He's the head football coach. And I have no idea. Have you seen anyone say that any of the 32 head coaches aren't vaccinated and don't plan on getting vaccinated? I haven't seen that. I, seen it. I know the Raiders staff is coaching staff, so I don't think there's any holdouts there. But this isn't the end of this. And we already know the the, the situation has been brewing with the players. Uh, we talked about Jalen Richard yesterday of the Raiders. Well, Jalen Richard is not getting it. He's an anti vaxer but like a real anti-vaxxer. Not related to just COVID, but... He made the statement last year that no vaccinations, not him, not his kids. So this is consistent with his decisions from the past. We know what's going on with the bills. We know what uh, John Feliciano said yesterday about uh ownership in Pfizer. So he didn't wanna doesn't wanna get it. He doesn't want to be forced. Doesn't trust the government. Cole Beasley has double and tripled and quadrupled down. He said some really smart things. Um I don't know, man. But I, can I say, I will say this. Do what you want, but I do think there are repercussions. And then we can argue about what's what the fair repercussions are and what's legal and what's not.
2: Right. And here's the thing when it comes along those lines, right? NFL, private entity, we talk about this all the time. And, like, if you're an NFL team, you know, we see this sentiment all the time. Look, man, this is the rules of the league. And you are creating so many more speed bumps. If we have an outbreak amongst non-vaccinated coaches, players, whatever it is, what's the ultimate goal? Like, right? We always talk about this from football guys all the time. We've got to win a championship. All right? Well, the goal is to win a championship, and if you're going to be a speed bump along the way, let's work something out to where we are not going to have to worry about this.
3: And as we predicted with some of the players who uh, have been vocal about it and don't want to get vaccinated, there's going to be guys in the locker room who are like, I don't agree with you. And right now, Cole Beasley and Jerry Hughes, two of the players on the Bills, are having a public debate. Right. About the vaccine, so. Beasley's not going to back down. I know. In some ways, you can call him stupid. In some ways, I admire it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I jokingly say, "Hey, you know, keep up the the freedom fight, keep going." If this is what you really believe, then don't let money be a decider. Don't let your job. He's already said he's comfortable. He's hinted at walking away. Do what you have to do. And then maybe there's a spot with some other organization, or maybe there's a spot next year. I, you may not like the rationale behind Cole Beasley, but I kind of admire it. Hey, you're planting a flag. Now don't back down.
2: You can't now how strong he's been. No way he can.
3: And it's put the bills in a real interesting position. Cause this is, this is what we predicted. Well, what I said was if the bills were underachieving at some point and you know, there were issues with the meetings because of the unvaccinated guys led by Cole Beasley. If there were problems, you know, on the road and the team is underachieving, then they're going to start going at each other, but they've, they haven't even played a game yet, and they're going at each
2: other. People have strong feelings on it. We know that. Of course. And that—that's that's what is going to make – I mean, and it looks like overall, right, This the league is heading in a very positive direction with the vaccines in terms of teams and reaching those thresholds. And it seems like by the time we get to the start of the season, we're going to have well over – well, we already have like a well over majority of these teams near where they should be with it comes to the vaccinations. But little things like this and how it affects your locker room, when it's so – and when it's so politically charged – To an extent, that's going to be fascinating to see how these teams hold together, especially if there is that outbreak and you're forced to forfeit a game like the NFL has come out and said.
3: Coming up next, let's get into a little NBA. We'll love more as we get more updates on the uh, vaccination situation with the Vikings coach and the Patriots coach. Both of them have walked away from their gigs or been pushed out of their gigs. But we got to talk about uh, what's going on with LeBron, the Lakers. The offseason is here. Things officially open up. Uh, what, in less than 10 days, Is that's always that crazy 10- or 15-day period around the National Basketball Association. And like I said with the Dodgers, the Dodgers are not standing pat. The Dodgers are in this whole thing to win it. LeBron's old. The Lakers are a team of now. They've got to make some changes.
1: The phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. Call 702-364-1100 and tell us what's on your mind.
0: But you know what happens, Greeny? Young folks like this, that's been doing this job like five years, they get one or two things right. They get one or two catchphrases. Then they come over here with their Dr. Seuss lines, <laughs> wearing their 80s <laughs> uh, pastor suits, and think all of their takes are going to be hot. So let me tell you a couple of things that I heard Perk say about this series
3: Just everyone fighting. Some of it's good natured, some of it's not. We were just reading during the break the uh, Jerry Hughes Twitter battle with Cole Beasley. The Bills are brawling over the vaccinations, just like many people are on social media. So that was Jalen Rose, who I got to say is one corny individual. Jalen Rose? He's the corny one in this case, but he's going after Kendrick Perkins with the shots about... By the way, has Jalen Rose been doing this longer than five years?
2: Yeah, he's been there for a while. Has
3: he? Yeah. Still very rough around the edges as a broadcaster. think so? I don't really watch. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Jalen Rose, so. I'm not I a fan. I think there's an of- arrogance there, and I, I don't think it's justified. And I think Kendrick Perkins is actually very good. No, you don't. No, I do. I like I like Kendrick Perkins. Huh. But I don't think one is much better than the other. Now, we, listen, when we get something right and on this show, we, we bust balls. But his delivery going into that was more than obnoxious, and, and Perk has to just sit there. And take it. And then, of course, Greeny's in the middle, like, chuckling.
2: Well, okay, hold on, though. Like, if you like Perk, then his delivery is also corny and obnoxious and over the top, especially on social media. Carry the hell on. I won't listen to any of your feedback.
3: I'm right. I guess my problem here is I I don't know Perk in terms of uh, dishing it and taking it because he is relatively new. I do know over the time or overtime that I don't think Greeny is a dish-it-take-it guy, and oh, I no. definitely don't think Jalen Rose is a dish-it-who-can-take-it guy. But let's listen to some more. As, uh, let's actually hear some of the uh, the real vicious digs on Perk from Jalen Rose about the NBA Finals.
0: Didn't he just slander Coach Bud the entire year about not making adjustments? Hey, Perk, the number one adjustment this year was giving the ball to Middleton the last couple of minutes of a game. Drew Holiday isn't the best two-way player in the NBA. Last night, you saw the best two-way player in the NBA. That's actually Giannis Antetokounmpo. Ooh. And Chris Middleton is not Batman. That happens to be the Greek freak. And don't try to flip it and say, oh, now he's Superman. You could just say that take was off.
3: Okay. So his take was off. Your delivery stunted. I know that. Why are you such a Kendrick I- Perkins defender? I'm not, I just, you know, well, one, you know, it's going to be stuck in my craw how Jalen Rose freaking tried to embrace this whole LeVar ball is sexist. Mm. I thought that was nonsense. Uh, the stuff with the Olympic team a couple of weeks ago. Getting on Kevin Love and his addition oh, to the yeah. team. Nonsense. Um, and I also, I think there's a vibe from Jalen Rose. It's, it's kind of the jockocracy vibe. Like, I know what I'm talking about. Stick to basketball. That's what you played. In the offseason, let's see how many takes he has on uh, his show. I, you know, what, and I've never—I've actually never spent more than five minutes watching Jalen and Jacoby. Does Jacoby actually push him? Does he I, challenge him?
2: I've never watched.
3: Yeah, I, that's. Can I just say? And that show is on all the time, and it's right. been on. That has been on for a while. And I don't know much about the show, but I don't know. There's a there's a bravado with Jalen Rose. I don't know that he can he can always back it up. Here's how he finished up with Perk.
0: What happened to your god DeAndre Ayton? Let me finish. What happened to your god DeAndre Ayton? Is he still David Robinson? I didn't see him. Is he still David Rod? Are, are the sons still a dynasty?
3: Yeah, the, the biggest thing, and again, if it's good-natured, it's fine. You know, you won you won the battle. I don't know who's going to win the war. We'll see who the better organization is down the road. Um, when you also roll in the gambling aspect of it, which generally I think you are good at this. I don't think all the, the new gambling people are great at this. But generally when you look at it from a gambling standpoint, The series was razor thin. This was not a Suns destruction at the hands over four games or at the hands of the Bucks over the four games. It wasn't. There were little things in the series that turned the tide slightly for the Bucks. There's no guarantee that the the Suns might be a dynasty. I don't know. Aiden could take the next step. Chris Paul could be around for a couple more years. Booker could be freaking even Booker can get better. They've got young guys. Cam Johnson, Mm -hmm. right? Bridges, let's be more aggressive. They're going to get healthier, have more bigs. I just think doing a victory lap at Kendrick Perkins' expense, it's kind of silly. But, I mean, in the end, it's fun. I thought some of the shots were a little needless.
2: Well, I think Let's go, Perk! I think that was the point. I thought I just took it as that was the point. Yeah, I mean, Perkins. Just, be, just beat him up. Right. Perkins is always dealing it. He's always on social media. <laughs> He's always telling people that they're wrong. Yeah. Why not give him a little piece of it? And also, right, we don't watch the show. So, maybe that was a reoccurring bet going back to a couple of things right with him. Because he even mentions in there, you know, you can't twist it and call him Superman. So I think that was referencing that Perk had said something earlier in the show, right? Like kind of covering up his Batman Robin thing, which is pretty wrong, right? In terms of <laughs> Chris Middleton has to be bad. number one. That was bad, and Giannis has to be number two. He wasn't either. the
3: only one who said it though. He wasn't the only one who overreacted to the beginning right. of the series and and also during the play. It was really during the playoffs when Middleton had some big games and
2: you know, Giannis didn't have great games. Well, and that's why when we were on the day after the finals, that's what, to me, it wasn't just Perk. It was Perkins was representative of a large collective, which for some reason was just like, yeah, Giannis just, no, just can't be the number one. This is a problem. And it just goes back to the hyperbolic nature of analyzing sports. You get caught up in the moment. You get caught up in like uh, Amino Hassan saying he doesn't even know if the Bucks are going to win a single game because they're the worst NBA finals team that he's ever seen. And then they go oh, on. Oh no! And then he? He, yeah, and then he, they win four straight after yeah. he says that. And, and, and here's the
3: thing: like, what Jalen? I don't. I have no idea if Jalen Rose after two games was like pump the brakes. They still have a chance. This this show in mass, everyone said they still have a chance. Right. Everyone, and it, I think everyone had the Bucks on a bet. Well, at some point in the series, either before or after game two. Well,
2: and it's 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 just more about sports in general, right? Mm-hmm. You know, after so like I had picked the Clippers to win the Western Conference. Like they were my team. I thought they were going to go through. And when they go down two nothing, I get like a whole bunch of "Bet you regret that." Like, no, they're mm-hmm. still my pick. Like, it's they're still alive. It's fine. <laughs> they go down three two. You still like them? Yeah. Like, there's still a chance that they could win this series. They go down to the Jazz. You still like them? Yeah. Like, they're still. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's fine. It's a best of seven for a reason, mm-hmm. and we do this all the time in sports. Like one loss, right? Two losses. We see teams come back from them all the time. So I just feel like as sports fans and analysts, you just you can't be so hyperbolic and caught in the moment. Just be like, all right. Let's see what happens in the next game. What is a time, baby? I
3: promise. Lakers offseason options coming up. We're going to talk to Joe Esposito, our coach. Uh, we'll get into uh, what he thinks of the Big 12 potentially breaking up. He was a guy who coached in the Big 12. was on the staff at Texas Tech.
1: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to Cofield and
2: Company. Um, there's been some talk in the college football world about how we should address head coaches. i uh, if, if it was up to you, what is your preference? Is it Nick, head, head coach Nick? Nick, how, how would you like to be addressed?
3: Look, I respond to just about anything. And I've been called just about everything. Not, not something that's um, really important to me, but I think everybody should have the opportunity to sort of create or make uh, the way they, their expectation is of how they get addressed. That was a good topic this week, Dion. Getting all annoyed because someone called him Dion and hmm. storming out. Um, I like Coach. Here's our coach on the show, Joe Esposito. What's up,
1: Coach Joe? Not much, man. Everything's good. It's kind of wet out here in Arizona. We're going through a little bit of a rainstorm, which is good. We need
3: it. I was going to say, we need it, too. So I know people here complain. Uh, you know, the problem is when we get in the desert, we get it all at one time, and then there's flooding. <laughs> so it's like, can we can we just get the, the happy medium where we're getting some rain and it's not flooding?
1: No, no, no question. But it's been uh, it's been good to see some water.
3: Joe, Cleveland Guardians, thoughts?
1: Terrible. I mean, <laughs> I mean seriously, what yeah. in the world? I like. I think about Cleveland. Have you, been, have you ever been to Cleveland?
3: That's actually one of the cities I have not been to.
1: You know, they're really famous for their orchestra. You know, a better name would have been like the Cleveland Oboes or the Cleveland <laughs> Trombones. I mean, okay. seriously, they got a famous sandwich. When you go to when you go to Cleveland, they have a famous sandwich there. It's called the Polish Boy. What it is, it's a sausage sandwich with French fries in there and some cabbage. and It's pretty good. Why couldn't they be called like the Cleveland Po' Boys or Cleveland Sausages? I mean, there's so (laughs) many things they could. There's 70 breweries, 70-plus breweries in Cleveland. Why couldn't they be called the Cleveland Brewskis or the Cleveland Heads? I mean, come on, man. Horrible.
3: Weak. Weak, and the logos are even worse. All right, well, Joe, let's talk about college sports here and uh, what's going on with Texas and Oklahoma. And we want to focus in this conversation on the Big 12 and what could happen to the Big 12. Do you believe the Big 12 will survive without Texas, Oklahoma, or does everyone kind of pick apart at the Big 12?
1: I think it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, now you lose two big names. I mean, you lose two big money people in Texas and Oklahoma. And just think, they're going to the SEC, which is – already a, just a loaded league. And we're talking football mainly because, you know, obviously with, with basketball, you know, it's a little different look. I mean, this is more for football reasons, I'm sure. You know, when you look at the Big 12, they still have Kansas in there, you know, which is a big name in basketball. You know, Texas tech and obviously Baylor, uh Virginia. So there's still some good basketball names. But, you know, when they were the Big 10, we were laughing about it. Um, even though they're called the Big 12, they only had 10 teams. They couldn't call themselves the Big 10. Now they're down to eight. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see if they go ahead and pull teams. You know, years ago, they went ahead and talked to some teams about going into the Big 12 and getting it back to the number 12. And that's one of the reasons why we left Texas Tech to go to Memphis because Tubby Smith was talked to about going to Memphis and moving them into the Big 12 since he was just Big 12 Coach of the Year and he had the opportunity to know the league and what it would take to be successful there. They talked to us, and they talked to uh, Central Florida and uh, Houston, um, BYU. So they've tried uh, before to, to get some teams in there, and they decided not to. So I'll be interested to see what they're going to do. I think the Big Ten is going to sniff in here. I think the Big Ten is going to go after teams like Kansas and Iowa State to get some of those Midwestern teams out of the Big 12. So it could be crazy. The Pac-12 is saying they don't want anything to do with it. They don't want to add any teams. I remember back in 2011, they were trying to add Texas and Texas Tech. So there's going to be a lot of teams, a lot of movement, and these leads just keep changing. You can't remember who's in what league. So I'll be surprised if I don't see a lot of movement and to see something happen. I know one team is very upset right now, and I heard they've held out in the meetings is Texas A&M. They do not want Texas in the SEC.
2: Joe, but I'm curious, like I was talking to Steve about this. I just don't see that there's a route that you're adding eight teams that legitimately make you or uh, allow you to stay as a power five, right? Like I can see two American schools helping you out, but outside of that, are there, you know, six other schools that you can pilfer as the big 12 to maintain your status?
1: Well, I mean, how many do they actually have to leave? Uh, you know, how, how many of the high have they get? I mean, they are gonna have to get at least two to replace them. Um, but, you know, there's some other teams that they can look into. Like, I've heard the rumors about Arizona and Arizona State. I've heard a Colorado rumor already. Um, you know, SMU and Houston. I mean, Memphis is a good a good name, too. I, I don't know. I mean, that's the question. Or do these teams just jump ship and go to the Big Ten or go to the, you know, ACC? Um, it, it'd be interesting to see how they, uh, you know, do this. Um, and I, I'm seeing more and more of a split. Like, you're looking at teams now, and it came up with Nick Saban, you know, at that football deal where, you know, he was talking about how everything was always supposed to be equal and everybody wanted everything equal. Now with this new NLI, the name, likeness, image deal, I'm telling you, it's changing the game because some teams are just going to be so much better on paper to go to than others. And if these leagues continue to grow and the SEC – gets to where they look like they may be going, and you have Alabama and Oklahoma and Texas and LSU, uh, Arkansas. I mean, how in the world are teams going to compete with that type of a league? So there's a lot to see here in the next few uh, weeks and months.
3: Joe Esposito is with us here on Cofield & Company. What do you think of Nick Saban talking about his quarterback and uh, name, image, likeness, and that the dollar number was approaching seven figures?
1: You know, I, I saw it coming. I mean, you see it coming. You just know that that's what they're going to do. They're going to go after these big-name quarterbacks and running backs and wide receivers and leading scores on basketball teams. And, and what's going to happen is, is the other kids are going to get disgruntled and going to be upset. Well, I'm, if I don't block for you, you're not going to be looking so good. And, you know, the Ohio State coach came out and said he wants to spread the money amongst the whole team. So I still think it's going to be a, a year of weirdness. I mean, I really do. I think it's going to be weird to see um, how – They're going to handle all this and just internally with egos and why is this guy getting this and I'm not? You know, why is he on a Canes commercial and I'm not? And to to finagle all that. And then when you sit in a kid's house, you used to sit there and talk about the education. You used to talk about the school. They're not going to care about any of that. All they're going to care about is, coach, how are you going to build my brand? What are you going to do to build my brand? And that was something that we used to talk to kids about all the time when we sat in living rooms. We talked about their brand, how to get them ready for the NBA, how to get them ready to get drafted. Now it's a whole new deal. How are you going to get me more money? What are you going to do to provide that? And they're hiring people to help the staffs with that. And the whole game of college game is changing. And uh, hopefully um, it looks like it might be for the worst.
3: Joe, you mentioned recruiting. We're talking to Joe Esposito, a former coach here at – UNLV and Texas Tech and Memphis and Minnesota and lots of other stops, Angelo State. Uh, you mentioned recruiting. What are you seeing on the high school basketball recruiting front?
1: Absolutely. The recruiting process is weighed down for high school players. Wow. Um, it's all about the portal now. It's all about the portal. It's all about getting guys to have experience. Um, college coaches are saying now that they'll probably take about as half as many high school players they've taken in the past. Now, does that mean that junior college enrollments going to go up for basketball players? Does that mean that a lot of guys are going to go low major and then get plucked, like the kid at Oral Roberts or kids that go to the NCAA tournament from a low major and do real well, and all of a sudden they get picked up by another team and move to the higher level? I think you're going to see more of that. You're going to see better players at the low major level because some of these high school kids that you would have taken before you're not taking now because you want that proven kid. So I've talked to a few coaches in the last couple of days, and they're just saying, "Joe, we're not even looking at high school kids." These. The attendance of these high school events is way down. They got guys on that portal every every minute of the day. Typically, a high major school would take about five or six high school prospects. You know, and now you're not going to see as many high school prospects. And if you want to just spin back to your favorite guy, Chris Beard, I mean, you know, ever since he left Vegas, he's probably been the hottest coach in what he's done recruiting-wise. And he signed six kids off the portal. He just gets Marcus Carr. Out of Minnesota, who probably is one of the best players in the portal. And I think his team's got a chance now to legitimately win a national championship. And he did that with all out, with, without high school recruiting. Now, he has one high school kid coming in. He's a top 30 kid that he signed at Texas Tech. But for the majority of his rebuild, he's going with all guys on the portal. And that's what most teams are doing now. So being a high school coach, I'm seeing it. There's not as much interest in high school players like they used to be.
2: Joe, but is it like is it mainly like do you see this persisting? I guess is my question because right at some point you you mentioned high school attendance down, kids not being recruited, but at some point you got to have kids in college, right? So isn't there going to be a point where those coaches are back in the stands recruiting high school kids because somehow they have to get to college to get to the transfer portal?
1: Well, no question. But I, what I'm saying is that a lot of these kids that may have gone to a Texas Tech or a, a Minnesota or Baylor wherever we've been at a high school. Are not going to have that high major option unless they're really, really top 100 guy kind of kids. We're talking about the kids that are sitting somewhere between, you know, 150 and 200, or or 125 to 250. You know, those kind of kids that you would take a chance on. You would see him and go, all right, in two years, I can project that he's going to be really, really good. Now you're not going to do that. You'd rather get a kid off of Lafayette's uh, team or get a kid off of Harvard or Howard or whoever that has scored 20 points a game in college and has developed. So what I'm basically saying to you is the major colleges are not going to be looking at high school kids unless they're the one-and-done types. The rest of those kids at the mid-level are going to go mid-level and then they're going to be in the portal and they're going to be moving on to other schools.
3: Uh, Joe, I, we're a little short on time. I squeezed you today. we got about a minute left. I did want you to comment on what's going on with Gonzaga and UCLA. They're going to be meeting now in Las Vegas, and it looks like both of the schools – are going to be here for a while playing multiple games because UCLA will stay around after playing Gonzaga and take on the running Rebels. This is really interesting, I think, especially for Gonzaga, trying to get quality opponents to come to them but on a neutral floor.
1: Yeah, they're going to have to do that, you know, Steve. There's just no way a team's going to go to Gonzaga and play. They're just not going to do it. I don't know if you can give them all the money in the world. They're not going to go out there and play. Um, that's because they built such a big program. They got a great program coming back this year. Great players. So, Teams rather go play on a neutral site. They feel like you know, you know, way it's way out. It'll be a little easier of a game for them. So you'll see a lot of that happening with a lot of the big schools. All right, Joe. You know everything else is good. Everything else is good. But get your vaccination. I saw the two NFL coaches today backed out. I'm going to apply for that job in Minnesota for the Vikings Is that, is that right? <laughs> you gotta, you yeah, got to get an offensive line. I love, I love Minnesota.
3: I know you do. You could be the run game coordinator. That's perfect for me. Yes. (laughs) All right, Joe. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week.
1: All right, you too. Take
3: care. Bye-bye. There he is, Coach Joe. Joe Esposito here with us on Cofield and company. And, yeah, if you didn't see it yesterday, uh, Gonzaga now has booked a game against UCLA. It's in Vegas. They're also both going to play uh, some sort of mid-major in a little four-team mini-tournament. And then Gonzaga is here a couple of days later to take on Duke. And UCLA is going over to the Thomas and Mac to take on the running Rebels.
2: College Hoops of Vegas, baby. Love it. Yes.
3: Four o'clock hours on the way. So we got our football frenzy. We'll get into the Big 12 and the fracturing of the Big 12 a little bit more.